Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the DH Effect. My name is Sonia, and I have my beautiful co-host with me, Hillary. Hi, Hillary. And our focus this month is really leaning into growing through our adversity and reframing our negative narratives into our phenomenal truths. Our guest today, Stephanie Rice, she is a speaker, a writer, a change agent for people with dissociative identity disorder, also known as DID. And we are so honored to learn from your story, Steph. In getting to know you through our conversations and through your writing, you have shown a powerful light, a uniqueness to how you have leaned into your truth and for me personally, you bring love, light, and hope. So I am just so grateful that you're with us today. Ah, Sonia, thank you. Thank, thank both of you for uh, bringing me on this podcast. I, I feel very privileged that you've let me come here and share my story. Thank you. Well, for those of you who have not met you yet, you are also part of our wolf pack, as we like to call it, which means not just one of our friends, but also we do a lot of work together behind the scenes as a group of women growing and learning together. But I first met you, gosh, what is it? Three, four years ago now, four years ago, three, I don't know. It was a while ago, wasn't it Steph? And I was speaking at an Arbonne, there was a, um, we both uh, work within Arbonne and it was a, this presentation and I gave it and I sort of got done and I thought, oh, that just was not my best. That just was not, I just, you know, when you just know you didn't feel good and all of a sudden this beautiful, vibrant, joyful, bubbly human came up to me and gave me a hug and told me that my story resonated and how much she loved it and just filled me all the way. Like there was no way that I could feel sad. And I feel like every moment with you since then have been, has been like that. And then when I got to know you and the struggles and the trauma and the things that you have been through, how you show up with so much light and love and hope and joy astounds me, just absolutely astounds me. I would love it if you could just speak to our listeners and our watchers and tell them a little bit about who you are and what this thing is called DID and, and how it manifests in your life. Oh gosh, uh, let's see if I can do this. Um, DID, I will put it this way, is a creative gift. It is a way to help survive trauma, traumatic events, abuse in your childhood. And I'll tell you, I did not think it was a creative gift. Back when I was diagnosed, I thought it was the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to me. And uh, it took a lot of reframing to get to the point where I am today, where I can look back and go, yes, it was a creative gift. Um, disassociative identity uh, used to be referred to as multiple personality disorder. Basically, it's a condition where there's two or three or more distinct identities or personalities in one person. They have names, they have feelings. Uh, basically, from what I understand from my journey, and everybody's journey is different, is the parts that I had held the memories of what happened so that I didn't have to live in that pain while I was trying to survive life. And uh, 
it, life was difficult. We had crazy things happen that I could talk about, but the deep, dark trauma I was blocked from till I was about 19 years old. And when I was 19, I came down with a massive headache and I started having flashbacks and all I saw was knife and blood and they were not dreams. They were flashbacks and I had no idea what it was connected to. I ended up going to doctors. They thought I had a brain tumor and numerous scans. Nothing physically was wrong with me after months and months of medication. They finally sent me off to a therapist and they knew I had DID, but I didn't until I was 27 years old. And that is when I actually had a therapist explain to me what it was. And my life made total sense because the fear that I lived in, the absolute terror, I had no idea why. I'd walk out of my house and just lived in absolute terror beyond terror. But I had to function, so I did. It was tough. So for the, all those time, all those years, um, I, you know, I don't feeling like something's just un, ter, like said terrified, and hearing the diagnosis, um, you know, for this month, it's we grow from our shame, the name, you know, the name, the, the blame or the guilt. Um, when you finally found that, clear, was it clear to you right away, or is it something that you really tried to grapple with just in, in the diagnosis itself? Um, well, I had been kind of grappling with it for a few years mm. um, because I'd heard about it and I was trying to see if that's why I was so things would happen. Like to give you an, an example, I would go to a restaurant with a bunch of friends, a place I had never been. And I'd go to read the menu and I couldn't read, couldn't read the menu, had no idea. Like I am in my 20s. And I cannot read. And they're like, what's your problem? Just order something. And I didn't because I, I could not explain what had happened, but we were in a new place. So the fear took over and I flipped. That's how I used to refer to it. I would flip into a younger person and you just be quiet and you just pretend everything is normal. And you don't want anyone to know that you are not who you are. Uh, a lot of my life was pretending pretending everything was okay. So when I was diagnosed, it was almost with relief. I was like, that explains it. Now I understand and now we can move forward. But then I hated it. It was also a terrible, horrible thing because no one knows about it. And ones that heard about it were like, no, it's not true. Uh, and so that just made me pull in even farther to myself. I think... You know, we've, we've had many a conversation. I actually feel like I really love, I love your little parts because they're, they're really cute. I mean, they're these little ones that, that you had, um, but the way that they, the reason they manifested was so sad and yet so powerful. I mean, I, I, I remember once having a conversation with you and you were like, oh, you know, I can't believe I, I split. And it was like, Wow you are so powerful. You are so powerful beyond belief that something, things that would have potentially broken someone else, like just beyond repair, you found ways to hold it so you could move through and the strength that that takes. I mean, I just want to voice that so much and tell you the courage and the resilience that you have to me is, is just astounding. 
I think it would be so helpful stuff if you can talk to and some of the stories are actually like I you know I love the story of of the of the driving like that's one of my favorite stories um but can you help can you help our listeners really understand what was happening in your life that led to these splits that allowed these little ones to hold the pain and and the not so little ones as well. I think there's so much out there in the media that is not accurate. And maybe you can speak to that afterwards, but if you can first just sort of ground us in what this looked like. Um, (laughs) What it looked like. Um, It actually took me a while to find a therapist or a friend that I could trust and building that trust, then the parts were able to tell their story. And the interesting thing was while they told their story, I heard their story. Um, To give an example, it's like when, when I was present, I was on stage at the theater and when they would flip out, I would be thrown up into the balcony and I would see them on the stage had no control over what they said, what they did. And that part came out. And the more traumatic their event was, the farther in the balcony I went, because some of them was really hard to listen to. Um, Some of the abuse uh, that I went through, I know a lot of it uh, has to do with uh, the satanic abuse and all of that. Um, Just being involved with some really evil awful people and the sexual abuse involved with it, the, the knives and the fire and the, there was just a lot of darkness that was really hard for me to hear. Um, but I was able to, and so that's how I heard their stories. When they finally felt like someone believed them, they would come out and actually talk. Um, they would write letters and my handwriting would change. You could tell who was writing. Um, I knew, I know their names. I know who they were and they would tell their stories and they each, I, I look at it now from a place of just total love and acceptance of them. Like when they first came out, I hated them. I hated every part of them. You're awful. You're horrible. You're terrible. And it took a long time for me to realize that um, my counselor, um, she actually started as a teacher. She was a pastor's wife and she worked with many people um, who have this uh, disorder. But um, I met her as a teacher because teachers were always safe to me. They were the, always the ones that gave me, you know, hope that the future could be better. And when they trusted her and I saw how much she loved me, didn't matter what part of me was out. She loved me. I started to accept them. And as I started to accept them, instead of being my enemy, they started being my friends. It, it's, it's a bizarrely long story, but it is fascinating at the same time just to watch that change. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> oh, for, I, I just have, the, you know, I can just see it so clearly. Um, you know, we, we talk about belonging a lot. Mm-hmm. And that in order for us to truly see ourselves for who we are and all those and all the experiences, sometimes we need that help. And gosh, thank, thank God for your counselor to help you look internally so ever close, so ever close. The vulnerability of each of them is you. 
and the opportunity to, to distance and see your, because you were thrown. It's not like you had the choice, you know, that they threw you into that balcony so you could say, look at me, which is actually look at yourself. And I'm, I'm just getting emotional, just having like the, the power of that, because any other, you know, I'm not saying any other, but many of us would be so afraid that we'd be like, and you probably went through that. Nope. Never going to look, never get, no, nope, close your eyes. No way. Uh-uh. And you did. And I see that once it sounds like that's maybe that was that the converter, like they're friends, they're, they're me, they're parts of me. Because that, that creativity part's really, I mean, really curious. Like, how did that, how did you convert that? <laughs> um, I, I was telling Hil Hillary this earlier. It was a very long, weird process. But once I became to accept them and love them and didn't blame them for what happened to them, it wasn't their fault. Adults did that to them. It, and I just, I accepted them. There was one day and it was right before Easter. And I remember when it happened, I walked into um, my counselor's office, not on an appointment, just, I was there one day and I sat down and I just went, oh, so that happened to me. And she's like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, and that happened to me and being tied down happened to me and being drugged happened to me and the jar of spiders that were let go on my body when I couldn't move happened to me and just step by step and it was it was not something we planned it was just something that happened and it was remarkable because that's when I pulled them into me and they were no longer separate as soon as I identified okay I lived through that it was, it was quite remarkable. It is so powerful. And, and the, the, the way that you speak of them now is with such love. Um, and, and it does like, I actually feel myself getting emotional too, because there've just been so many stories. And like I said, there's, you know, the, the switching into a funny one, please, please, please share about <laughs> You know what I'm going to say, right? Please share about the contract that you had. All right. <laughs> um, because I did have a lot of smaller parts, uh, younger. Um, <laughs> and I was still responsible and I still went to work and I kept in charge of stuff. My counselor made me promise kids were not allowed to drive um, because they tried one time and I drove over the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine letting a seven-year-old drive a car uh yes so I made a contract they made a contract none of the smaller parts were allowed out when I was driving and they honored it the, the whole idea is to keep me safe the whole idea they are there is to keep me safe because the memories were too hard for me to look at the and so yes we worked in tandem after a while instead of me hating all the parts so yeah, I know that's the story you love to hear. <laughs> I know I do because I just, it makes me, it's just so sweet. And it, yet I know how so much of this came and you weren't, I mean, you weren't, you weren't always accepted. I mean, in fact, you even had some very disturbing things that, that happened as you were starting to come to grips with, you know, before you came to grips with this being DID. I'm not sure how much you want to delve in. I'll, I'll leave that to you. But I, I guess as part of that, wherever you want to start with that is, you know, you've hit this for a lot of decades, you know, those closest to you have, have heard. Um, 
but why are you speaking your truth now, especially knowing that you have been persecuted in the past, in the past for, for bringing this forward? Right. Um, yeah, I know when I was first diagnosed, um, and, and I, I know they meant well, that's the thing. I don't hold any grudges toward anyone, but I was very much treated like a project. They had no idea what to do with someone with DID and they felt it their right to tell anybody they wanted. By the way, uh, you know, remember me because I'm dealing with this person who's got this issue. And so there was no privacy. It was just shared with whomever wanted to be shared. And, and I ended up leaving and trying to go find somewhere safe because I was trying to come to terms with what this is. And now people that I don't even know, know about this and treated me like a project. No one wants to be a project. I'm a person. <laughs> sure. I have this very strange diagnosis and that led me to finding a new set of friends um, where I really believe God brought Jen, my best friend into my life. She has been just an absolute angel this whole time. And I can remember talking to her when I finally told her what happened. And that's a story for another day. Oh my gosh, how she found out I was DID. I actually opened up and let her know about it. But I told her, I said, I feel like it has to be such a secret. No one can know about this. I feel so alone and so hopeless. I mean, if it was just the sexual abuse I was dealing with, I could talk to people about it, but not this. This is so, there, I mean, is there any hope? I had no idea if there was hope. I had no idea if I could ever get past this, if there was ever an end to the fear that I was living in. Um, so <clears throat> that's, I mean, I, I can remember that was one of the first thoughts I had. And then, um, you know, it took about five to seven years, really hearing their stories, willing, coming to love them really accepting, okay, this is me. And then I had more work to do because I had to go through the grieving process and I had to grieve all kinds of things. And that was another season, but it came to an end. I was integrated, which means I'm whole. I'm not split. I don't have parts anymore. They're a memory. I have them in my heart. There's parts of me, but they're not separate. I don't I don't hide anything from me. I know my story. And for 15 years, I kept it a secret. Yes, I kept it a secret because I was ashamed. Like if anyone finds out I was divided, they're going to go, oh my gosh, she's nuts. Lock her up. <laughs> Stick her in a mental institution. Like there is something seriously wrong with her. And I didn't, I didn't want to go through that. And part of me way back then was afraid they'd go, it's not real. It didn't happen. And I'm like, you didn't live with me. You have no idea. Um, so I was afraid, especially in, in the media, we talked about this, every movie that ever comes out with multiple, uh, someone with multiple or DID, one of the parts is a murderer. That's how all of the cop shows are. And, you know, the only show that I've ever seen that truly represented someone with DID was lie to me. And I give them kudos, whoever did the research for that show, because they honored the person instead of making someone with DID look like a murderer, because that's basically what I have seen in every show that's been made. Um, so it's part of why I'm speaking out, because it, we're not crazy. <laughs> we're just 
trying to cope with trauma as best we possibly can. And it was too much for us to look at at the time. So those parts are holding those memories for us and helping us survive and helping us still be a part of society. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I've been integrated. I'm like, okay, I can bury it. I don't need to tell anybody we're good. I can move on with life. But there's a part of me that feels like you're still living a secret. You're still living a secret because that's your story. That's who you are. You are who you are today. And I can be filled with joy because I know how dark the dark can be because I faced it and walked through it. So, yeah, that's kind of why I just want to speak up and let people know now. And it's like, there's got to be hope for those that have walked this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, honoring that, that courage. And, and what I'm thinking about is, um, you know, shame, the, the word shame is, is coming, is yelling. And I think of others, like we hide in, you know, what are reasons that we carry shame? And for what I'm hearing for you is to protect truth. That part of it is, wait, not only am I fearful of the judgment or the ridicule or whatever that might be, the attacks, but then my truth is not protected. And so I really got this strong sense that part of carrying, you know, the sacrifice of I'll carry the shame because this is real. This is my story. And to, and I will protect it until I know that I can defend it throughly. And then here you are, right? And the trans transformation of not just coming to sense of self and saying to the world, hello, my name is Steph Rice. This is my story. But even expanse, you're so much more expansive of that story. And I want to protect others. I feel like there's an, there's an education piece to you. Like everyone needs to know in terms of those who may have DID or anyone who has shame that you, that there's that still that protectiveness that I'm sensing. And I don't know if that's the right word that you carry. I think so. Protective. Yeah. I'm very, I mean, it, it took a season of looking at it through a different perspective instead of being ashamed of what I went through and, oh my gosh, what are people going to think to look back and go, man, I was fierce. That was impossible to live through and my body found a way to do it. <laughs> and I was willing to look at it and work through it. And I'm on the other side and there is hope and there is joy. And I went through a season where I didn't think I'd ever find joy. I had a part, I called her my little zombie. She like wore a little black dress because she just wanted to die. I mean, and I was thinking about that going, wow, I have not felt that deep darkness in so long. It is so nice to be on this side of it. And so I do speak out because it's horrible living in shame and feeling like people are going to judge you because you say who you are mm -hmm. and what you've been through. And no one can change the past. No one can change what we went through. All we can change is moving forward today and learning how to accept ourselves and accept the people around us, you know, learning to love and accept them because everyone has a story. They may not be DID. Who knows what there's every single person has a story and you don't know what their story is unless you create a safe place and they feel like they can share it. So thank you, ladies, for letting me share my story with you. Oh, my gosh. It is such an honor because I do think that you are hitting like this message. We cannot speak about this message enough. We really can't, Steph. I mean, you are giving such a powerful example 
but whether it is someone who is ashamed because of something we might deem small or something as traumatic as what you went through, the point is, is that each person does have that story. And for us to show up in curiosity and compassion for them instead of judgment, like honest to goodness, I cannot think of one positive reason out in the normal world, if you are not in a court of law, that there needs to be one ounce of judgment towards what someone else is doing, because we have no idea the struggle. And it makes us a better human too, if we show up with that type of of thought process. And I know that, I mean, that's one of the messages. You really have three messages that you love to bring when you're speaking. And one of them you just delivered, which was this idea of everybody has a story. When you're a teacher, if you're in a hospital, if you are out in the grocery store, just it makes you a better human if you assume the other person has a story and you don't jump down their throat, but you approach it with patience and flexibility and love and compassion. Tell us, share with us about some of the other, the other two points you really love to bring out when you are speaking to groups. Sure. Um, the second one is to be collaborative with others. Um, work with them. Uh, I know growing up, my teachers did that for me. They gave me a sense of pride because they gave me things to do. They trusted me. They built me up and said, here, I'm going to hand this to you. Will you take care of it for me? Um, it's it's that same thing. Work with them. Uh, you know, walk alongside them. And like you always teach us, um, you know, help them become the heroes of their own stories, you know, instead of trying to fix them, which is what I talked about earlier, because treating people like projects is, is not good, but walking with them is, Mm -hmm. is great. And the third one is basically love people where they are, literally just accept them on the journey that they're on. That is what they did for me. Jen was part of that. Um, Leah was, uh, my uh, counselor who helped me through it, both of them just loved me exactly where I was. And if I wanted to stay that way, I could have, they would have still loved me, but I didn't want to stay that way. I wanted to push through it. And so they loved me on the process of going through it. And uh, included with that was to love yourself because I did not love myself. And uh, I do now. It's really cool. Well, what a perfect way to segment into creativity. (laughs) So, you know, one of the gifts that I got to know, and I know Hillary as well, is that you have this incredible gift of shining light through writing and storytelling in a way that's so inclusive. So I, it could be any experience that one can anchor your stories to. This is, you know, just the, the tidbit that I've read. And I can interpret that to my own experience. Um, who, who are my people walking alongside? Who are saying that they want to walk alongside, but they'll meet me at the end until I get to there and they're not walking along. I mean, there's just such beautiful lessons. And um, I would love for you to speak about this. And, and maybe it's more than just the writing. Um, that's what I was exposed to. But the creativity, what that gift and, you know, what is it that you plan to do with that? Okay. Well, part of what I did when I was going through the therapy was get in touch with your emotions. Well, I didn't know what to do with that. So I wrote. And my stories that I wrote over the years were me dealing with emotions that came up. And um, some of them are allegories, some of those that you read. And so I was hoping that they could 
reach people no matter what they'd gone through because everyone knows what it feels like to have non-trust or you know what I mean to feel like they don't belong or and so I worked through all of those and I always wanted to do something with those stories and I've actually shared them with a lot of people and had a lot of them go I love your stories they touch me they help me exactly with what I'm going through and because of that I want to put it out there to the world but not only that it's like I want to write my story I want to write the story of what I went through and how I overcame, but it's not just a let's sit in the dark. It's a sure we'll touch the dark, but I want to show you how I got through it. It's incredibly remarkable stories. I have more fun things that (laughs) Hillary knows some of the fun stories um, because I was able to have humor through some of the trauma and get through it it was just it was just the way that I dealt with things and I would love to share that journey and so yes I am in the middle of writing a book that uh, I can't wait and to get it finished and have it published and so that is that is I'm trying to work them all together and fit the pieces together and just hope that it'll touch someone Mm. can I just say it has already touched me just the the bits the bits and pieces I still have images of what you've written deep inside my memory. And so when things, when I approach experiences, I think about, you know, the gardener, the flower, the turtle, I mean, just, and so that I just, I'm just now just so in anticipation of when it's all going to come out, because I just know that so many people are going to be um, connecting through your, through your book. So congratulations already. <laughs> yes, it's so funny. As you're thinking about, I've never thought about this before, Steph, but it's interesting because uh, we were just talking about how it was all going to come together and taking the pieces and and pulling them together. And it's not unlike the journey that you went on and bringing yourself to become blended, right? We're, we're kind of working on this, this aspect of all of these things that have these breadcrumbs. You've been um, leaving this trail of your story and bringing it together. Oh, I am so privileged and honored to be your friend. And I am so glad and impressed at the courage that you have to share your story because you are, you are a joy bringer. You are a hope bringer. Um, You don't just sit in the darkness. And if you can go through, by the way, y'all, when you see all of the stories and what she has gone through time and time again, and then when you think she's out and then what happens again, and she nearly loses her life just not that long ago, um, just not that many years ago at all. And yet to come back and to be present, it kind of makes you go, what's Mm -hmm. your excuse? So, (laughs) (laughs) so people are going to want to find you. They're going to want to, they're going to want to talk to you. They're going to want to bring you in to talk to their teachers, to their hospitals, to their students, to all of their people. How can they find you? I am on Instagram, light on my feet seven. I have a website that they can reach out and contact me through there. It's probably the best way. Stephanie B rice, uh, com, And But yeah, the best way to reach out would be through the website because there's a contact me page and they can write and contact me that way. Thank you so much, Steph. Um, I am sure there we're urging others just to reach out. I mean, just to 
it, whether it's a new perspective or maybe a chance to look inward, you know, who, who haven't we met inward in terms of our feelings, our experiences, our memories, um, perhaps Stephanie through her writing, through your chats and conversations, uh, perhaps we found a companion. Um, and it's, again, I can't irritate with, with um, Hillary, what an honor it is. Um, every time that I interact with you, I am energized. And it is always with light and love and hope. Um, so anyway, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this episode with Stephanie Rice. Please be sure to follow all of the social media platforms, um, us, the DH Effect, and Stephanie's. And subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or the YouTube channel if you do, if you like to watch versus listen. Uh, check out our DH Effect uh, website, thedheffect.com, for great opportunities to learn and grow. Uh, and then until next time, Hillary, why don't you end for us? May you have the courage to live with a decided heart. <laughs>